0: Let's open your Bible to Isaiah 45. Isaiah chapter 45. Here's one guy I want to meet when I get to heaven. God inspired this great prophet of old to forecast and foretell so much of the life of the Messiah birth, uh, death, uh, so much of his life. I, I really want to meet Isaiah. I love the book of Isaiah. I'm just reading one verse, however, today. It's Isaiah 45, 22. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. Now, God, we quiet ourselves sitting at your feet, eager to hear your voice, longing for your word. Help me, Lord, as I endeavor to deliver to these people what you have put in my heart and let it accomplish what you have sent it to accomplish, change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. What a declaration from... Our God, the only God, the true God, the living God, he declares here in Isaiah 45, I am God, make no mistake about it. There are no other gods. I'm the only God. And if you want to be saved, you've got to look to me and I will save you. That excites me. That thrills me. There's no other God. No other path. No other way. In fact, Jesus reinforces what God said in the Old Testament in this great, great book of prophecy. Jesus reinforces this same thought in the New Testament. John chapter 14 and verse number 6. You know this well. I've already referenced it once. Jesus declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except he come through me. I would dare say that for most in the room, you have looked to God. You saw God. You saw His Son, Jesus, and you have accepted Him. If that is your testimony, come on and wave at me so I know where all the believers in the house are. Come on, does anybody know Jesus here today? Anybody ever looked to God and found Him and you were saved? Hallelujah. But in our journey, traveling from earth to eternity, do you ever get distracted? Maybe I'm the only one then. Then let me just confess to you, Cora, every so often, I get distracted. I'm walking the path I'm trying my best to walk it straight because remember the bible says the path is narrow narrow is the road so i'm trying to stay focused somebody say focus,
1: focus.
0: but sometimes i get distracted i get pain Either physical pain. Let me tell you something. If you've ever been in physical pain, you're going to have blurred spiritual vision. That's all there is to it. I've suffered with physical pain. And sometimes it distracts me, and I get more focused on the pain. Lose a job. Don't know how you're going to pay your bills. How are you going to feed your kids? How will you put gas in your car? It's a distraction. Legitimate. Listen, these are all real life distractions. But if we're not careful and we don't turn our focus back to the God that saved us, then the distraction becomes part of our new way of walking and our new way of living. Because we veered from the path. So we're in the ditch and we're living in the ditch and wondering why it's so bumpy and so, so rocky and so there's so many twists and turns and highs and lows. You're not supposed to be living in a ditch. You're supposed to get out of the ditch and get on the path that God has for you. Today, it's time to refocus. Why don't you elbow your neighbor gently and tell him it's ready, get ready to to refocus. Come on, push somebody a little bit and tell him it's time to refocus. Come on, Butler, it's time to refocus, sis. Listen, young people, hear me today. You're going to have all kinds of things pulling on you and trying to divert your attention. Stay focused. Stay focused. And get refocused if your vision becomes blurry, if you start looking in the wrong direction You can always refocus, Kyle. And today, I'm going to help you. Today, we're going to the spiritual eye doctor. Hallelujah. Today, we're going to get our vision checked. And today, we're going to refocus our vision. That's what we're going to do today. Anybody ready to refocus a little bit? We start looking at the problem rather than the, the problem solver. We start focusing on the sickness rather than the healer. We stare at the debt rather than on the one who still owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he's still Jehovah-Jireh, my God who does supply. If you stay focused on the wrong things, it starts blurring your spiritual vision. Blurred spiritual vision leads to blurred spiritual judgment blurred spiritual judgment leads to disaster first time I went to the eye doctor I was about 40 why is it that when you turn 40 things start shifting in your life I'm just curious I don't know if everybody knows Gail or not. Gail is my executive assistant, and she does an amazing job of taking care of me and making sure that I stay focused. (laughs) You know, God will help put people in your life to help you stay focused too. Amen. And Gail's one of them. She'd bring me in papers. Pastor, I need you to sign this. I need you to look at this and whatever. And and before I went to the eye doctor, I started playing the trombone. You know what I'm talking about? That invisible trombone. She'd give me a paper, and I'd... Because I couldn't focus in on what she was trying to show me. I couldn't see it very well. It was blurry. And she'd just go, Pastor, you ought to go to the doctor. You ought to go to the eye doctor. And I'd say, I don't need to go to the eye doctor. I don't need glasses. I don't know why I fought that. Well, I do know why. Because I'm prideful. Because I'm selfish. Because I'm carnal. Oh, y'all didn't want to hear that, did you? I just shattered your vision of me. Finally... I went to the eye doctor, Dr. Wada. He's amazing. And he, he set me down, and he started doing all that the eye doctor does. And they puff that, that air in your eye. You ever had that? And it, You know, what's that all about? You're trying to blind me so you can? Anyway. He pinpoints it. I'm telling you, he pinpointed my my vision problem. And he, he flipped down, how about this? And I said, oh, man, I get, that's... I can see great when you do that. He said, now try this. Oh, it's even better. Now read what you couldn't read. And I started reading. I was like a 12-year-old again. I I had perfect vision with help. He gave me my glasses and I went out. When I went back to pick them up and I put these on, I could not believe how crisp everything became because it all came back in focus. I was, I was walking through life with blurry vision. You all are so blurry for me right now. Joe, you're clear. About right there is clear. But after that, you start getting blurry on me. Who's back there anyway? Karen, is that Karen or is that Josh? Is that you? Oh, there you are. See, put my glasses on and it just comes in in focus for me. It's time today to refocus. Don't live life with, with blurred spiritual vision. Not when you don't have to. Let your pride come down. Get to the spiritual eye doctor today. Let him prescribe just what the doctor ordered. You'll see things clear. You'll read the word of God in a, in a clear way. God will show you things. I want you to jot down just a few thoughts on helping you to refocus. First of all, in order to refocus, you need to lift up your eyes for your help. Lift your eyes for your help. This great song that we sang a moment ago, I, Lord, I run to you. No one else will do. I actually asked Pastor Moses. I already knew that I was... I already knew where I was going to go, and I knew this song would enhance uh, what God was trying to say to us today. This is actually found in Psalm 121, and if you could turn in your Bible to Psalm 121 just for a few seconds, powerful, powerful uh, nuggets of truth here that you don't want to miss. Psalm 121, verse 1, the psalmist David said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. He ends up answering his own question. Where does my help come from? Now, if you know anything about the psalmist David, the psalmist David is also the shepherd David who later became King David. And if you follow through King David's life, you'll find that he had his fair share of issues and situations and trouble. This must have been one of those times because... He was in trouble, and he was worrying about this day and night fearing the impending danger, fearing the enemy that might be coming in on him. But finally, he decides to do something that maybe he hadn't done up to that point. He changed his focus. He changed where he was looking, and he began to look up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from above. My help comes from a higher place. My help comes from a higher plane. My help comes from the Lord. Look up. And you'll find help. Don't be so focused on your pain and so focused on your hurt. Don't be so focused on whatever is distracting you that you forget where your help comes from. When he decided to look up, he saw four things. I want you to jot them down. Four things that the psalmist David saw that I believe we can see as well. When he looked up, he saw his omnipotent creator. Look at verse number two. My help comes from the Lord. Who, by the way, made everything that is. Who made heaven and earth and the planets and the stars and the land and the sea. And he made everything that is. When you lift up your head, you'll see an omnipotent. An omnipotent is an all-powerful. Omni is everywhere, everything, all. Potent. Potency. Power omnipotent creator lift up your head lift up your eyes lift up your vision and you'll see an all powerful creator that created the heavens and the earth and all that is and created you while you were in your mother's womb and is able also to help you with his power with what you are facing today he looked up and not only did he see his omnipotent creator he looked up and he saw his omnipresent Lord and i'm not present i'm not present is just everywhere god everywhere Now, don't don't strain too hard on this. Don't try to reason this out. Don't try to figure this out because we can't do that. You can't be here and be there and be somewhere else. But the God that I preach to you about today, the God that we sing of today, He's here in this house right now, but He's also in Indiana with my family. He's also in Hawaii with my other family. He's also in Pennsylvania with my mother-in-law. And He's in Springfield, Missouri with my brother-in-law. The God that I speak to you today, He's omnipotent. Present, he's here, he's there, and he's everywhere. Hallelujah! He's in Terre Haute. Thank you for that shout out. (laughs) Verse 3 and 4. Do you care if I preach this today? Is that all right? Look at verse number 3. He said he will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall never slumber. He shall never sleep. I want you to know something today. When you lay your head on your pillow at night tonight and you go to sleep and you start snoring and you start sleeping, know that God is awake. He is fully alert. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. And you have all of his attention at all times. No matter where you go, God will go with you. Lift up your heads and you see a God that goes everywhere with you. Hallelujah. Number three right here. Not only did he see an omnipotent creator, not only did the psalmist David see an omnipresent Lord, he also saw his compassionate Savior. Look at uh, verse number five with me. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon at night. Jesus. He was looking out on Jerusalem one day, and it says that he saw the multitude, he saw the crowds, he saw the lost, he saw the hurting people. And the Bible says that he was moved with compassion. I want to let somebody know today that not only is he all powerful and he creates the heavens and the earth and the stars and the planet, sometimes that's That's where we want to keep God. But I want you to know he's a compassionate savior and friend. The one who is able to save you is able to keep you. He's your keeper, verse 5. Your shade at your right hand. We've had some hot weather here lately, probably the hottest this year so far for us here in Southern California. And I've longed for some shade. If you're out in the heat of the sun, you're just looking for any little bit of shade. You get in the shade and then the, the wonderful breeze that blows through Southern California starts blowing and everything's going to be all right. My head just gets scorched if I don't get out of the sun and get in the shade. How many bald men would say amen today? Come on now. All the bald men in the house. There's a lot of them. There's more every week, it seems like. Because Because of his compassion, we're not consumed. His heart of compassion goes out to you today. I believe that when God sees us hurting, he has compassion for us and he only wants to help us. That's all he wants to do. Some people think that serving God means I I have to give up everything. And it's all about uh, uh, the rules, right? The regulations and all the don'ts. It's really not like that. God just wants to help us. That's all. The psalmist David saw that when he finally looked up saw his help. He saw one more thing in God. It was a guarding God. I found this in verse number 7. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. Somebody say all evil. Wow. That's a lot of evil. That's every bit of it. He'll preserve you, protect you from all evil. He shall, here it is again, preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve you're going out. You're coming in from this time forth. And how long? Is that still up here? Uh, look, look, look. And even forevermore. God wants to help you today and for the rest of your life. You've looked to God to save you. Let me remind you of our text today, Isaiah 45, 22. Look to me, God says, and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God, there is no other You've looked to God to save you. How about looking to God to keep you? Hebrews 13, 5, For he himself has said, Thank you, God. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so, knowing that, we can boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Somebody needs to say that today the Lord is my helper I will not fear what can man do to me in order to refocus you've got to lift your eyes for help number two in order to refocus how about lifting your eyes to the harvest okay now I want the doors open again go ahead help me help me help me real quick As they're opening the doors, let me say welcome home to the Blanco family. Isn't it nice to have the Blanco family back in, in the house here with us today? I don't know if everybody saw Steve and Rebecca and the kids who are hardly kids anymore, but how nice to see you. And uh, yeah, welcome, welcome home. Lift up your eyes to the harvest, everybody. I'm opening the doors because we get in our little our little box sometimes don't we we get to jumping and shouting here and, and, and dancing and I'm all for it don't get in my way you don't have to do what I do but don't get in my way right sometimes we, we're shouting and somebody out here they're lost we're, we're getting Holy Ghost goosebumps on our, on our neck and woo, we're shouting and we're speaking in tongues and we're falling out in the front of the church and all that we Pentecostals do I'm not downplaying any of it. But what about the lost? I'm talking about right outside our door. Here's a really wonderful way for you to refocus. You start looking at somebody who's lost still. You start remembering that there's a whole world of people that you bump into every day. You're passing by them every day. You are seeing them but I wonder, are you really seeing them? Are you lifting up your eyes to see the lost and to see the perishing? John four thirty five. Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Jesus said, "I say to you, lift up your eyes and look out on the fields. I want everybody to just look out the doors as as, as you can." Here's a a main thorough road, walker, and here's a side road with neighbors. I want you to see, look out onto the fields, look out onto the harvest, they're already wiped. In other words, they're already ready for somebody to go out and work. Does anybody know at least one person that you come in contact with on a routine basis? You know that they are not saved. I want to see your hand. If you know at least one person that doesn't follow Jesus. Do you know anybody that doesn't follow Jesus? Anybody? Not even one person? I would dare say all of us have somebody, even if it's the, the clerk at Albertsons or Ralph's or Vaughn's or whatever it is. There's somebody. They don't know Jesus. Do you see them? Lift your eyes to them. When we focus on the lost and the perishing, our problems seem insignificant. They tend to shrink when we look at the lost. We see those who are bound for hell, and there's nothing worse than seeing someone bound for hell. No wonder Jesus calls us to lift up our eyes to the harvest. Let's look to the harvest instead of our hurt. Let's look to the perishing rather than our pain. This will take some effort, by the way. This won't come naturally necessarily, but I believe we must do this. Your healing may just come from you rolling up your sleeves and getting your spiritual work boots on and getting out in the muddy field and working In the harvest, a missionary vision will eliminate your self pity. And when we reach people for Christ, it does something to us. Have you ever led someone to the Lord? Have you ever had the privilege of praying someone uh, with someone, the sinner's prayer, and saying, Now just repeat this prayer after me. I just did it a few minutes ago with several people in the room. It's like getting saved all over again, it brings you joy. When you reach people for Christ, it brings joy to your heart and to your hurt. Psalm six five: those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Let me read on one more verse there. Verse number six, he who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again. How? With rejoicing, the Bible says, Bringing in the sheaves We used to sing that when I was a kid Bringing in the sheaves We shall come rejoicing Bringing in the sheaves When you reach out to the lost When you lift up your eyes To a lost and dying and hurting world A perishing people It will help you to refocus on what matters most On a God that does save And if we call on him we will be saved And if they call on him They also will be saved Hallelujah Lift up your eyes to the harvest Finally, lift up your eyes to heaven. Luke 21 and 28. Now, when these things begin to happen, Jesus is speaking here. Look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He said, When these things, what's he speaking of here? Well, if you'll back up with me just a, a few verses, let's, let's go back to verse 25. Luke 21:25. these things that he's speaking of, there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, and on the earth. Distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. This tells us that there's going to be trouble in nature. Earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, tsunami, flash flooding, drought, forest fires. This sounds nothing like today, does it? Maybe it sounds everything like today. Maybe this is a headline uh, uh, excerpt from our newspaper. It says that there will not just be trouble in nature, there will be trouble in nations. Wars, talking of wars, rumors of war, one nation against another nation, a brother against a brother. Doesn't sound anything like today, does it? Sounds everything like today. He said, these are signs. And when you start seeing these things, lift up your eyes, lift up your heads, for your redemption is coming. My point here, folks, I don't want you to get so focused on your earthly issues that you forget we're just passing through. This is not my home. This earth is not my home. I'm only passing through. If heaven weren't my home, oh, Lord, what would I do? Oh, Dan, I might have to have you come and play a little bit of that. You remember that one? Hallelujah. We're just in a temporary situation. We're just in a temporary setting. Our life on earth is like a vapor. It's here and it's gone. And our earthly issues, don't get so focused on them that you forget about your eternal reward in heaven. There's coming a day, and I believe it's coming soon, where we will be transported to another place, another land, another time zone. There'll be no time, in fact. A place called heaven. It's real. In this place, there's no more tears. There's no more sorrow. There's no more trouble. No more debt. No more disease. There's no more death. Church, it's time to refocus. The devil is a liar. Refocus. Young people, refocus. Refocus. Mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, married couple, single man or woman, student, every boy and girl, it's time to refocus. Because there's so much work to do, a lot of work still to do. I could get real excited about heaven. I could get you real excited about heaven. I know that, but there's a lot of work to do. And how's it gonna get done? By a people that is so distracted and so focused within themselves that they just barely, occasionally tap in to do what is right. That's, that's what happens most of the time. But the best well-oiled plan is sons and daughters who have looked to God and found Him and have been saved and stay focused, lifting their eyes for their help, lifting their their eyes unto the harvest ha. and lifting their eyes for his coming, our hope, heaven. Cancer's not permitted in heaven, Rose. It's forbidden. We prayed for John again, and I'll keep praying for John. Every chance I get asking God to blow our minds with the miraculous. How many believe that God can heal cancer? Come on, do I have anybody here today that believes that God is bigger than cancer, bigger than heart disease, kidney failure, and diabetes? Hallelujah! I believe that today. Let's stay focused. Every head bowed in this room.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. God, we run to you. We run to you, Lord. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor Steve, I feel like I have blurred vision. Spiritually speaking, I've gotten distracted. And I want today to refocus. If that is you, I want you to simply stand right where you are. I'm not calling you to the front, but I would like you to stand. I would like you to respond. All those who would like to refocus. The pressures of life, sickness in our bodies. The woes of our economy. Legitimate distractions, no doubt about it. Anyone else? I don't want you to miss this prayer. Today, your vision begins to become clear. If you're standing now, I want you just to cup your hands toward heaven. God is actually going to pour into you right now. Now just cup your hands toward heaven to receive your help from God. God. Lord, you see the men and women, students that are standing here today. For various reasons, they've become distracted. The pressures of life, the rearing of children, an economy that is unstable, disease in our bodies, we've become distracted. But I see you today gently and lovingly adjusting our vision. Wow. Why don't you put your eye over your eyelid right now if you're standing? Come on and put your hand over your eyes. This is symbolic, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is doing this right now. Just put your hand over your eyes. God is putting a salve, an ointment really, over your vision. You're not going to be distracted anymore today it all becomes clear today you get perfect spiritual vision wow I also pray Lord that you would just touch the hearts that are hurting that have gathered here today our purpose today God is come to come to praise you but also that we would be changed changed to be more like you now we give you thanks and we give you praise let me invite everybody now to, to stand with me Sing this, Pastor Moses.
1: And I lift my eyes up
0: to the mountains.
1: To the mountains, where does my hell come from? It comes from you, Lord. You are the It's too hard.